Welcome to LabCast. This is a podcast brought to you by MedLab Congo. It's a podcast where we discuss every and anything medical laboratory science. Stay tuned bi-weekly on all podcast streaming platforms and do well to subscribe. Follow us on all social media pages at MedLab Congo. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of LabCast. Hmm. This is this excitement that just falls within me anytime anyone of us gives this introduction. Like something epic is about to happen again. You know, I can't explain it, but I think it's just this excitement that comes when we get to share the same space, you know, with me and my amazing co-host, doing what we do for you guys, the listeners, and to anyone out there that listens to us. Uh, but as you know, every episode we've done has actually been epic in its own way. So I guess that partly explains the thrill. Anyway, today's episode is not going to be different. And joining me to host this episode, as I've mentioned already, is um, Yoma and the Miss Yoma. Yoma, Miss Yoma, you want to say something? Just say hi. Hello, everyone. Hi, okay. guys. Nice to All right. All right. So before we get down to the props of the episode, um, I just want you guys to imagine something. Imagine yourself at the shore of the River Niger. You know, personally, I've had this pain crossing the Niger Bridge while traveling to Enugu sometime this year. But imagine, imagine you're at the shore of the Niger um, River and you have the duty of crossing a thousand people to the other side of the river with just one boat. You know, as you stand, you're pondering the enormity of the task and you're wondering how you will keep everyone motivated and aligned, you know, Take them from the familiar to the unknown. And try to keep all of them together and hopefully losing none of them. Sounds obscure, right? Well, maybe, but maybe not so much, I hope. Because this is actually the stuff of leadership and every one of us has been involved in it um, one way or the other, right? Leadership is literally emotionally and psychologically transporting people on a journey from one place to the other and inspiring them to believe in what they can achieve. Feel that, um, as I've tried to illustrate briefly, that it's not an easy task, right? And especially considering that this leadership crisis is one that we all know about. I mean, look at our country, look at what's going on in the world, um, corporate organizations, and even in student associations and in other kinds of uh, communities. Um, we have invited some people today as guests to tell us a little bit about their own experience as leaders and how they transported their own followers from a place of almost nothing to where they are at the moment. So, you know, without wasting time, I would like to introduce our guests. I have three of them here. Um, or maybe I should just leave you guys to introduce yourself. So uh, maybe we can start with you. Um, marvelous. Marvelous, would you like to go first? Good day, dearest listeners. My name is Marvelous Asika. I am currently in final year studying medical laboratory science at the University of Nigeria, Enugu Campus. And by means of introduction, I am the ex Nimelsa National President, uh, the 46th National President. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you very much. Welcome, Marvelous. Marvelous. OK, 
Okay, hello everyone. My name is Emmanuel Ebedesuna. I'm a final year student of medical laboratory sciences at University of Nigeria in Suka, precisely in Ugu campus. And uh, I was the erstwhile Nimelsa National Secretary General. It's nice to be here. Thank you very much for the audience. Thank you. Welcome, Anna. And um, finally, Jetrix. Today, our host and dear listener, I'm Jetrix Obuka, undergraduate final year student of medical laboratory sciences in the University of Nigeria, Enugu campus. And I was the Lilosa National Publicity Sales Student. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so welcome, welcome again. It's really nice to have you guys. Um, so maybe just for starters, you guys have said Minosa, and I'm sure that not everybody listening um, probably knows what Minosa means. So let's for start. Uh, for starters, what 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 is Minosa? What is Minosa National? Or is it Google now? So maybe any one of you can just go on that. Um, let me see, Gentrix. All right, NIMELSA is Nigerian Medical Laboratory Scientists Association. It is a national body encompassing all the campuses in Nigeria that's offering medical laboratory sciences. And presently, we have about 42 chapters in Nigeria offering medical laboratory sciences. All right. Uh, okay, so just as a way to really start, um, we know that you guys just finished your tenure, and the theme of your the theme of your tenure, as we read in the administrative report and some other um, places, was rebranding and restructuring, which says quite a lot. But we are curious to know. What this means? What do you mean by rebranding and restructuring? You know, so I'll leave it for anybody to go ahead. Okay, so in terms of rebranding and restructuring, there are a number of things we were looking at in our government. So, talking about rebranding, for example, we were looking at changing the public outlook of Nimelsa National. So, starting from our publicity messages, you could see how. Uh, our publicity content, social media, social media platforms became very much active. Even the publicity content, the quality of our publicity content, the timeliness, everything was improved. The aesthetic quality of our flyers, uh, the the arrangement and occupation of our programs. So basically, basically rebranding that public outlook. Basically, those things that would make someone look at Nimelsa National from outside and say, okay, these guys are actually doing a whole lot more. And then in terms of restructuring, we're looking at restructuring the leadership structure in Nemelsa. So initially, they weren't really defined. So for Nemelsa National, currently, when we completed administration, we had three levels of um, leadership. So we had the Nemelsa National Body, we had the Nemelsa Regional Structures, Regional Leaders, and then we had the chapter level leadership. So initially, there wasn't really an established regional structure in Nimelsa National as a whole. So there was we just had uh, the Nimelsa Southeast body which was established independently much earlier. So we decided to also incorporate other other regional bodies as well from the six geopolitical zones in Nigeria. 
So the purpose of having these regional leaders was to basically serve as uh, a medium of communication be between the chapter bodies in the universities and the Nimelsa national body. So we're able to establish that and we were also able to improve communications between the Nimelsa national body and the chapters as well. It was in this administration that we were able to visit a significant number of Nimelsa chapters and a number of universities in Nigeria. So basically restructuring the leadership structure to something that would be much more relatable to Nimel sites. At least Nimel sites can easily, if you ask a Nimel site who is the Nimel national president, who is national, national secretary, or any other executive, they will be able to identify with not just the personnel in these positions, but also identify with our programs and activities as well. So that was the whole purpose of rebranding and restructuring Nimel sites. So, um, Emmanuel, out. Um, this question goes to you. Um, Muiwa was having a conversation with um Genetrix, and in the conversation, she told us on how you guys had to both up yourselves financially, do a lot of running around, and a lot of things, even for the election. So, I just want you to just enlighten us a little, the host and the listeners, about that experience. Okay, uh, you had to go back to the very start. So, um, when we were contesting, uh, we had to make up our minds that uh, not just in terms of efforts, it wouldn't just be about reaching out to people. We had to prepare ourselves financially as well because it's a national body, of course. As much as you are interested in something, a number of other people are interested in that same thing as well when we're contesting for in the National Secretariat. So starting from when we had to make a lot of calls because we had to reach out to all the stakeholders in all chapters, in all universities in Nigeria. As many stakeholders, not just one or two people. In each university, we reached out to at least three to four or five stakeholders. So it, and not just random calls. We are talking about calls that last up to 30 minutes, one hour. So we had to spend a lot on making a lot of calls. And also, when it came to the aspect of um, our publicity, we had to do a lot, a whole lot of publicity flyers. We did publicity flyers to announce, uh, you know, basically that increase that awareness that we have an interest in the Nimelsa National Secretariat. We did publicity flyers signaling our attendance towards the convention. And also, we had to print a banner, a campaign banner, which we designed. We had one which we printed and set up at uh department building and we were also able to take that same uh banner to the venue of the convention that was at University of Calabar. We also had to even transport some of us had to transport ourselves ahead of time going there and you know make certain down payments to make sure because our students had to arrive a day ahead of time due to certain transportation uh issues at that time. So we had to make down payments from our own personal money to secure hotels for the night because the accommodation from the convention fee was actually starting the next day. So for that night, we had to pay from our own pocket. And also, you know, meeting stakeholders because at the convention ground, that's where most, the major deal of consultations, if you understand what I mean, consultations go on. So we had to meet, we had been talking with these stakeholders online, so we had to meet a number of them physically. So when meeting them, we had to buy bottles of wine, we had to 
spend a lot. We have to do a lot. So sometimes you have to take them out to an eatery restaurant and, you know, uh, basically everything is on you. Whatever they eat, whatever they drink, everything is on you. You know, sit around the table, talk about politics and all that. So we actually had to spend a great deal. And even at one, one or two occasions where something might uh, spiral out of control and there might be a need for finances, we'd have to step in quickly and still uh, make financial commitments. And even at the end of the convention, when we eventually emerged as winners, uh, counterparts from Ghana, uh, the FG Melsa president and his executives that had come initially, we had to make arrangements, transportation arrangements for them from uh, along with us because we had to stay back while our students traveled back. So we had to make special transportation arrangements for them back to Enugu and then from Enugu back to Lagos. Then from Lagos, we were able to go back to Ghana. So it was a very huge, it was hugely financially demanding. But um, that was that's in the past. Uh, everything was really worth it. So it's really been an experience. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um. Nevertheless, I would like to um direct this question to you. So I went through the um the PDF of the Nelsa administrative reports that was sent, and one of the things I noted there was how um you guys came into this government, and when you came into the government, you didn't see any structure, especially financially. And if I'm not mistaken, you probably like 46 governments to come into power. So first of all, I'm quite shocked. How is that possible that for like 46 years, there hasn't been any financial structure and there hasn't been any like financial transparency? Um, particularly because we have been paying the mail dues. I know we have been paying the mail dues. And then how were you able to handle this in the inauguration? And then going further, for the incoming government, have structures really been put in place so that they as well can have a very seamless and smooth run in government? Thank you very much, Yama. Ah, it's true that when we came on board, uh, we didn't see any financial structure, we didn't see any financial support to start. But this was as a result of you know, many reasons. First of all, you mentioned dues. So the Minosa National Dues, or known as the Minosa PEC Dues, PEC stands for Provisional Executive Council, uh, which is a collection of all the presidents and secretaries in each Minosa chapter nationwide. So every year, every administration rather, they are meant to remit a particular amount to the Minosa National Body. So before it used to be in percentage, it used to be um, if you are paying uh, maybe 1,000 naira in your chapter, then they remit like 10%, which is like 100 naira per person to the NOSA body, or like 5%. But at some point, a few years ago, they decided that they were going to be paying um, 25,000 naira on per chapter. So despite your chapter strength, um, the chapters agreed and they were doing that. So when we came on board, um, we noticed that the chapter dues, the spec dues, they are paid towards the end of the government. During the convention, you know, so it means as a government, you have to wait for a convention period to come before you actually start seeing some money to do anything in the government. And remember, this is the you know main source of funding for the association. 
So um, we started by appealing to you know this chapter president to you know support us actually by paying these dues on time. So rather than waiting um, well empty pockets, we paid it on time. We just paid on time, and then we had our begging team to increase the peg dues from twenty five thousand to thirty thousand, which majority of them declined, and then we increased that deal. So um, you know. Aside the peg dues, Nimelsa uh, is largely funded through support by Association of Med Lab Scientists of Nigeria, AMSI National Body, and also the Medical Laboratory Science Council of Nigeria. So these are the two uh, mother bodies that support Nimelsa very rapidly. Most recently, the Young Medical Laboratory Science Forum, YMLC. So before now, before now, there is this notion. That Nimelsa are the national body, they are they are beggars. It's actually good at, at saying this at the public space, so that um, you know our listeners and our mother bodies can also hear this. So when you meet people, you want to tell them about the programs that you want to do. The first thing that comes to their mind is you are begging them for money to drop the money. You are begging them for money to do now something. So it's like. They don't really see the program you want to do, and it's not really their fault. It's because of the tradition of um, they support you with funds, and they don't see what the funds is being used for. So before we came on board, um, in fact, the convention that led to our emergence as secretariat members was not really, you know, the best in terms of fund management. So it actually spoils a lot of the relationship or good favor we would have gotten immediately starting out. So I remember talking to the AMSIN national president, the first time I called him on the phone to introduce myself. Um, and you know, that was the first conversation we had. That's why why do we mismanage funds so much that you know we trust you and then we are getting bad reports. So it was really, really uh, discouraging. So for the first six months of our government, I can tell you that every courtesy visit we went to Literally, most Amsin senior colleagues we met, they had one story or the other to tell us about how they had given money out and this money was mismanaged. So then, third, we asked about, you know, um, you know, lasting for 46 years without any source of fund. So, yes, it also shocked all of us when we came on board that this is the only means of, you know, financial support or funding to the government. Um, Initially, we wanted to start by sourcing for funds to create uh, a project that brings revenue to the government. We had so many things in mind to do. I was already writing our proposals, but um, the much work needed to be done inside. So we found out that a lot of people didn't even have faith in the Nelson Nation. They didn't know what it was all about. In fact, there was literally minimal participation in our activity. So we had to double down on those plans to start raising funds to restoring faith and hope in Minosa National because we have to assure these people, including the chapter president, that the money they are paying will be used to do something. So it took a lot of time, say after six, seven months, before some of them started saying, okay, we'll just we'll, we'll just be on our own and we'll just continue to do this deal. Um, so it started like that and then we started receiving positive comments from the AMSIN, the council, the YMLSF were very active in 
saying he's government, they are different, they are actually very accountable and all that. So uh, the funding started coming. Then on our end, we had to start generating to channel revenue. So there are two programs we did that helped us to source you know, little funding for the government, which was the Scale-Up Conference, partnered with DSL Concepts, uh, an African company that deals with data marketing, digital marketing. So we charged students 1,000 naira to participate in the program, and we had a deal with the uh, company. They normally charge about 20,000, 30,000 for that program, so they subsidized it to us about 1,000 per person. So when they pay, we remit 500 naira per person to them. So from there, we need to pay for the certificates and other expenses for the program. So that and the biomedical conference we did uh, in March. So we had a lot of registrations, about 200 registrations from Nigeria and international. So we had all the participants pay money to register and for the certification. So those were the two programs that we did and we were able to realize some money to start funding some of our activities. So then, finally, you asked about you know the plans in place for the next administration. So, um, starting when we started and we didn't have money, we literally had to sit ourselves down and acknowledge and also embrace the fact that this was going to be a spending, spending, spending you know, uh, government from our own pocket. So, we usually contributed money. So, in fact, if any of the executives want to make any expense, they just do it out of their own pocket. I do my own. Manuel does his own. Genetrix does her own. You know, without really asking for money from the government. So, um, we made that commitment and it helped us to work individually. So, any money that we get, we put into the government, uh, pay for data, pay for calls and all that. So, now that we are leaving office, so there are some adjustments we made to how funding will flow. First of all, the constitution. With the PEC, we agreed that um, one of the programs that cost a lot of money is the inauguration. Because when we started, we had to raise about 158000 to do the inauguration. And we wanted to get it. We didn't want this uh, new government to pass through that source of, source of funds. So we planned to do the inauguration in the dinner night of the convention so that they would just go home and start at the government. Then secondly, we looked at the ELECO uh, money, electoral uh, electoral committee. They buy forms, they sell forms rather. And so from the money they make from selling the forms after uh, subtracting all their expenses, we agreed that we are going to remit 30% of the money to the new government. So this once a sure means of you know funding for the new government. And then finally we as an executive team we agreed that from the convention, from all the expenses, even if at the end of the day we were going to be in debt, we are still going to leave out some money for them because um 30% is realistic and feasible. But Having passed through that stress, we know that it was not so much money to start the government with. So these three ways are ways that you know we plan for the next government to start, uh, you know, hit the ground running. So then finally, we are also going to work with them 
you know, to establish some of those projects that we had in mind. So we were looking at phys- physical projects that can generate money for the government. And so now that we have a very good relationship with AMSIN and Tansu and some of these benefactors that can help us. So instead of going with them, because um, not, you know, them saying no, no, when we started, made us to resolve that we weren't going to ask for support for any of our projects again. So, and we didn't ask for support for majority of our government. It was during the Congress we had at Bingham, we wrote a letter to the council inviting them. We wrote a letter inviting them. So they agreed, they pledged to support us. We never asked for any support from, from council. They pledged to support us. And council supported us. And then during the convention, we wrote to them officially inviting them and they all supported us with funds. So now that we have a good relationship with them, we are planning to use this relationship and they, they now believe that okay, Minosa is accountable, they can manage funds where we want we now want to push ahead with this trust that we have from them to establish physical projects that can um, bring money into the Thank you so much. That was detailed. So, Miss, over to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Asika, for sharing that. It was an extensive answer to that question. And yeah, Emmanuel, for the part that you shared. I was at that um, 45th annual convention that ushered in your government. And even from an outsider perspective, I knew that your transition to government was not going to be smooth. And from what Emmanuel has said and what you added, it wasn't smooth at all. But it is very impressive that even with the obstacles and the circumstances and you know, negative PR that you must maintain to power, that you, you guys were still able to carry on a lot of activities. I mean, we didn't even have to look at the administrative report to see that you guys actually did a lot of things. So that's why I'm going to ask this question. Um, I might like Genesis to start. What were the things you were able to achieve, like in your individual roles? Because I knew, I know that I noticed that in your government, everybody, like in your individual capacities, was like everybody had their own project. You know, at least I knew Genetrix, her office, not like individually, but the office. You did this um, sustainable development goal training one time like that, and then of course the national maxim that everybody has been talking about. So, what were the things you were able to achieve? You want to do the most significant things you were able to achieve in your, you know, different offices. Yeah, so you don't, so what she's trying to say that you don't have to like, um, say everything, but those, those most important ones that, um, I'm sure that if we stay here and we talk about your government, I mean, we can spend like three days because you guys have done a lot, but yeah, just touch on those most important things. Alright guys, thank you very much. Thank you once again for having us. So, my president and the secretary, let's officially go. Okay, I've already said a lot of things extensively on how the government started and how we ended. So, on my own part, I'm going to talk about basically my office, the publicity section. When we started, the first thing I did, or did as a team, was getting people that would help us to achieve our aim of rebranding and structuring Mimosa, which was um, our public outlook, basically our social media platforms. So we made a call for people that will help us, people that, that are interested and they are ready to work 
support with us and for us by handling our social media platforms, our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And then we're able to get some people that, you know, voluntarily worked for us, making sure that every single thing we did as a government was out there in our social media platforms. Then that achieved, we're able to, you know, the past government, personally, I, I never knew they had all those handles because I don't think I got saw any information on them. But uh, when we came in, we were able to get people that helped us handle these things while we are doing the overall, you know, taking care of the um, social media handles. So our information were all dead. People were asking questions from different universities, from private universities that we never knew were existing. They brought in their own ideas, their messages, you know, asking questions about the government. And then that way, the government was so inclusive, was really, really very inclusive. So that's achieved. Then secondly, uh, okay, about the SDG training Mosoma talked about. Yeah, I noticed that uh, many email sites, you know, when we hear about Sustainable Development School, people just hear it as, you know, what's United Nation, and, you know, they don't really take it so serious. People don't really know about it. And then after my training with Leap Africa, with some of the projects we carried out, so I met some people that were really so interested and they are, they are you know, highly known about the sustainable development goals. I met someone from Ghana. I met one lady from Nigeria. I met somebody from Kenya, Egypt. So I talked to them about um, training Nigerian students, medical laboratory science students on what this sustainable development goals is really all about and how it can help us, not just as a country, but also as Africans and citizens. So they opted in. We had the training about, it was three-based training. That was September, between September and October last year. And then after the training, I noticed that some persons told me really that the training helped them a lot, especially those of them that already have some projects to carry out but they don't know how to go about it. So they said the training helped them a lot and it made them know how to go about their projects, which helped them even in some applications, fellowship applications, it also helped them a lot. So that was basically from my office. And then generally the from the office of the Secretary General and the Treasurer, the scale of program, then the trainings, research programs, that was also organized by the secretary, where they are also all done. And a lot of people sent in their, you know, their appreciation on how the government has really been of help to them, especially mm. in their journey. How about, how about the Nelson National Magazine? It was from your office, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. I'm getting to there. That was the last thing I did from my office as the publicity secretary. So, um... Having talked about all this, then the maxim now, which was another big one, so the roller coaster for those of us, Mira was in the team as a defense chief, Emmanuel was there as associate editor, confidence was there as a content proofreader, and then other my other team members. It was really a big work for us. It started November last year up until January, like a week to the, let me say some days to our convention. We were still working on the maxim, and you know, finally it came out well. Then the, the, the magazine, I mean, it's really a big one because so many persons have 
I've been telling me, even from my school, from other chapters, from YMLS, even some AMSIN members that we're able to go through the marathon. They give a lot of thumbs up for the marathon so that we do the good work. So it's something I'm really proud of. And then to my team members, two of them are here, three of them, sorry, are here. So I also say thank you to you people once again. So maybe before we move it on to the um, Imano, you can just like, give a quick shout out to every person on the team and then um, the Imano can come in and then uh, All right. yeah. just a very quick Thank point. you everyone. You are confident, Emmanuel, myself and our other team members that are here. A very big shout out to you all. Our work was amazing. Thank you for going out of your way. To see that the Northern National Magazine was what it is today. So I really thank everybody. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Emmanuel, please let's hear you. What are you? Okay, um, uh, Genetics has actually said a lot about um, most of the things we've done and most of the things from our office. So, um, from my own end, uh, when I functioned as the National Secretary General, I think the very one of the very first things we did uh, was to change the letterhead and also change the the Melsa logo because we had got you know a lot of complaints about people not liking the logo. In fact, we ourselves we didn't even like the logo, and we had really made up our minds that once we emerge and once we start working, we will change the logo immediately. So. We changed the logo, we changed the letterhead. You know, it's still, you know, part of the whole goal of rebrand, you know, improving public outlook. And uh, we were able to set up um, three directorates. So we had the Emerson National Directorate of Research, we had the Emerson National Directorate of Health Advocacy, and we had the Emerson National Media and Publicity Team, which the Estoa Publicity Secretary talked about. So um, I happened to be the National Coordinator for the International Directorate of Research. And in between November and December 2021, we were able to launch uh, a one-month online uh, research training session where we were able to train students and young professionals in research, writing, and publication. We were able to gather a lot of uh, persons you know, that are well-grounded in research. We had to be able to do a very thorough training and then at the end of the program, we were able to split ourselves into research teams and we worked on a number of research papers. Then by February, by February 2022, we were able to, um, I implemented the Opportunity Access Series. So it was an online program where we had about four sessions. That was like the series. So basically, with the purpose of that program was to expose students to some of these extracurricular knowledge and skills that they would need uh, to access opportunities. That's why it was called the Opportunity Access Series. So the uh, students and young professionals were trained in four main areas. So number one was um, applying for postgraduate scholarships. That's number one. And then number two, CV and cover letter writing. And number three was applying for fellowships, some of these international fully funded fellowships. And number four was... Um, LinkedIn optimization. So these are like some of the most important skills that you know any student or young professional needs to have to be able to access a number of these funded opportunities. So we're able to implement those trainings 
and then eventually uh, we the next program i had from my office was uh, uh i and the president we worked together on that program that was the the first national scientific conference so that was literally like one of the largest uh conferences which nimelsa has ever had because we had more than 250 persons in attendance we had people from several african from more than six african countries and the speakers we had in that program were from different countries we had speakers from the us we had speakers from the uk we had speakers from all the way from philippines well-grounded you know globally renowned biomedical scientists to be able to talk about a number of thematic areas in biomedical science and you know it was a whole lot and we were able to also generate a lot of uh, money financially from the registrations which we were able to use to implement some other things which we needed to implement financially and i think after the first international scientific conference i think the next major thing i worked on was the administrative report so uh, we were able to compile all our activities from across our government and able to work on the report give a detailed rundown of everything all the executives you know sent in their projects their activities even the financial reports from the treasurer everything was there in the administrative report and then also i think uh okay i think i don't know if i should mention the convention as well but uh, i think another thing uh, i played a major role in was also in the convention the symposium the national symposium of the convention that was just concluded in january january 2023 so um i happened to be heading the uh, committee for the symposium so we're actually within the symposium we're able to do a number of novel activities we're able to implement the nimelsa national ideaton contest where we're able to select students that fit the ideas in a number of categories in um, technological innovation in research in social impact and in business and entrepreneurship so uh, we were also able to do a number of activities in the symposium as well uh, so i think those were the major things just in a summary of the major most important highlights of uh, some of the activities that came from my office during the course of administration thank you Okay, thank you for sharing that. If that was a summary, then it's really, really impressive what you guys have done. I think, I don't know if, Asika, would you like to add any other thing or do I just ask you a follow-up question? Regarding our roles, I think I would want to just give a very quick summary of some of my own responsibilities, unless that is in line with the question you want to ask. Okay, okay, please go ahead. Okay. Uh, Manuel, you forgot to talk about the plenty letters <laughs> okay okay yes let's not forget we typed almost 400 letters across the administration wow <laughs> okay so um on my own end as national president i think most of my responsibilities has usually been supervision supervision so um, supervise the entire programs, um, the financial inflow, reporting, uh, calls and contacts to make sure that you know we have a reasonable relationship with all the board members, um, the schools. Sometimes we travel there in person to go to them, visit them, sort out some of their problems. Um, there 
for the majors, the technique of Also, the appointed executives following up with some of their friends. Then, on the side of our mother associations, there was a constant feedback with senior colleagues. Uh, you have to let them know every program that we want to do, so their advice is useful, and also give them feedbacks when the program is done. Then, we also have to travel in person to several, in fact, almost all the AMSIN programs. Then, um, I think one significant um, role was our program with uh, the national medical bodies, you know, medicine, nursing, radiography, physiotherapy. So we held a program together uh, sometime in June. Yes, and we also had media news and national conference because. We looked at Nimelsa, we only get to meet during confirmation. So many people don't know them. So in fact, literally all the presidents don't see themselves until confirmation. So it was a, an avenue for us to really talk about ourselves since during confirmation we don't know our time because we are telling to a lot of students. So it was a really nice time we met. Then also the Federation of African MLS event. So we started this program, then at some point I just left it for you. All right. Um, thank you very much, uh, Marvel. So maybe let me just ask because I'm sure that you, like you guys have already uh, mentioned while you were even speaking. I'm sure there were moments when you were like, ah, God, who sent me to even do all of these things? I never, ex- I never expected it. You know, <laughs> and the challenges and everything that you say. So I just, I just wanted to ask because you mentioned some of the challenges already, but maybe just to um, really state it well. And to make uh, people understand the things that you went through, what were like the major, major challenges you faced? First, as the secretary, as a body, as Minosa National, then, then I'll maybe I'll ask as a follow up um, after I answer this, but let me just say, and then as your, uh, in your personal um, life as students and as human beings, what were the personal sacrifices you had to um, go through? Those things you had to risk, you know, but you know, the major question now is what were the major challenges you faced as a national but then the personal part? Okay. Um one of the biggest challenges we faced was distance. So Nimelsa is big and there are thousands of people to reach out to all the time. So most time you end up forgetting and one single mistake you make or you just forget something end up affecting hundreds of people. And before you know it, things are quickly spiraling out of control. So, you know, there's a large organization, like I mentioned before. And so, one of the challenges we had was holding a very strong grasp of all the um, chapters across the country. So, we tried so many things. We had to appoint regional coordinators, we had to appoint chapter representatives, 
And um, I think there's a level of commitment um, everyone gives to an assigned responsibility. And so as the national secretaries, we had to keep doing the follow-up to make sure that they were working in different committees. So that was a, a that was a challenge. Then the fact that there was literally zero funding to support these things, it was, it was a challenge. So people want to make calls. And by the time, take for example, you want to recharge a team, a committee, and this committee, there are like 20 people inside. And don't recharge them like 500 naira. So you know how much that is. That's just one committee. So you have to do this for everyone. You have to show some level of incentive. You have to support them. Right. Then secondly, the distance traveling. So thank God for um, AMSIM that always support us with travel funds for all their programs. Um, if traveling would have been very, very, very hard on us because we have to travel, we have to cater for accommodations for us. So it was hard reaching out to the schools. Imagine 42 schools and you are traveling. The travels you make not funded. So imagine that. So the distance was a huge barrier. And then uh, finally, something I'd like to see out of there is uh, the the level of continuity we have in Mimosa is poor compared to other associations. So I've been privileged to be in meetings of other associations whereby there is a long term for their student body. So literally all the programs they are planning, their current students are long. Literally all the mother bodies in maybe the country or the association, they have students at the helm of their students. Unfortunately, uh, it's not for Nimelsa. So it's always Nimelsa reaching out to want to be a part of it. Not like these bodies are actually following up to say, oh, you're a student and next generation, we want to you know, have you on board. So it was a major challenge. So really appreciate Amsin, YMLS and Council, you know, for their effort to carry the student body along. So I think these are the major challenges. So Emmanuel and Genetrix, if I forget anyone, I just okay. Okay, uh to add to uh, what Marvelous has said, Marvelous has already elaborated uh on the major challenges we had. So um, I think just to add to that, uh, I would still talk about the finance because it, I think it was like the number one problem in our government finance because I think we, about 70-80%, about 80% of the activities we carried out in our government were from our own pockets. The expenses were, you know, out wow. of pocket. Our Are own you pockets. serious? So it was financially draining. So now I think an average of uh, every month we traveled an average of at least once or twice, in addition to our own personal travels. So most of the time we're always on the road. So um, that that alone is actually a lot of financial cost, having to travel a lot, and then you know things like arranging for accommodation and all that actually cost us a whole lot. Plus the cost of carrying out some of our activities. Take for example the congress, we actually like stretched ourselves to our limits financially during the Congress, though it was you know good that we were eventually able to get some financial support from the council. But you know it's the financial aspect. It was a huge. It took a huge toll on us throughout the course of our government. And then the second thing uh, I think that was a major problem for us was time. 
uh, because you you know um a responsibility like that because of the number of activities we're involved in it like really ate into our time for other engagements as well so most of the time we were extremely busy so even when you're supposed to have free time you know as a student we you didn't really have that much of free time because even when you're trying to give yourself free time you remember that the, the whole lot you still have to do and you know take for example the aspect still on the aspect of time um take for example along the line uh, we actually there are times when we wouldn't even be in school while school activities were going on because we had to travel for some activities yeah. so it was kind of like really really demanding in terms of time and when you return to school you have to cover up financially you have much shorter time to I said financially, so academically, <laughs> finance. I keep saying finance, finance. So we had to cover up academically. We had a very short time to cover up academically. And uh, it's really, yeah, the time aspect really took it all on us. So I just, uh, despite the challenges, we're able to, you know, wade our way through all the challenges. And, you know, so I just, I'm actually really grateful that we're able to overcome most of the challenges. These are some of the challenges any government would face, but it was really, really pronounced in our own situation. And, you know, it's actually a miracle that we were able to handle everything and match on schedule. But I remember when we switched yeah. Congress, we were going over 200,000. Yes, exactly. I remember wow. very well. In fact, it's okay to put this in. To put this in. <laughs> when we finished the Congress, we did not even have money to travel back home. Why not? We, <laughs> we had to borrow. I'm telling you, that was the period when I stayed in Abuja. I had to stay We're in Gabulu place. Yes. Yes. So, but, you know, in people's mind, you know, I was chilling in Abuja. They didn't know that the reason why I was in Abuja was that because was of Papa. I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, God. No transport to go home. And I had to make several calls. In fact, uh, that's. Yeah, I think one thing we have to really do is appreciate the role of, you know, people that served as mentors and help us for us in this administration. Yeah. I had yeah. to, Gabriel Oke and Favon Nadi, two of our mentors, they had to like join their hands together and raise transport for me to travel all the way back to Lagos and, you know, fix some of the things I needed to fix up as well. So yeah. it was really, uh, it was very difficult period, but. Some of these things you will not see them from the outside. You see it as ah, you are flexing, yeah. all those kind of things. But we thank yeah, you. I, 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 I remember. I remember. There was at that. It was at that time you were taking uh, pictures at NCG. I was like, ah, I was even reposting some of the pictures. Like, ah, yeah, in my mind, I was like, ah, this guy don't go. <laughs> wow. Uh, I just did wow, that time wow, in school. During that congress, because it was supposed to be three days congress, so it spanned into the fourth day because the registrar said. He could not come because of so we had to stay an extra day, and that meant paying for over like seven rooms, you know, that was not even in the budget we had earlier. So uh, we finished we finished that program, and we're about traveling, but we didn't have transfer money to travel. So we stayed back a little to you know make some calls, see if we can and um, travel and we can get some money and support others and all that. So. Uh, we, we left the hotel and we started going to Abuja because it was in Bingham University side. And then when we got uh, on the road, we started hearing uh, rumor that they were killing people and they were shooting people. There was a riot. Yes, Maraba. exactly. Maraba. Yeah. Ah, 
I was with the national vice president for an Ikeke. I think Emmanuel was with you, was it with the uh, Ikeke? I was with Yeah, it so, was Emmanuel Azubike, I think. Was Azubike. I came after now. you guys. I, I had to stay back in the hotel when I heard what was happening. So I had to yeah. leave after the whole thing. We left our properties inside the Ikeke and we ran away. So talk about them. <laughs> wow. Yes, after like thirty minutes, the Keke man, we saw him coming from he has he has been looking for us, so we saw him we had to stop. We had oh. to let our bags okay. happen. And then we had to take a longer route. Like a very, uh, I was, I've never been scared in my life taking that route because there was nobody on the road. You know, we had to come back for when it was late. We didn't see bus to enter again. So I and as we get, we had to call one of our friends and we left. We had to sleep at their house in Abuja and continue traveling. Okay. Mm. Wow. What mm. an experience. And it's, it's really concerning that. because um, I think, you know, looking at where you're coming from, the association as a whole, apart from upstairs, and how they react to some of the things that you organize. You know, you're going through all of these sacrifices and then um, the people you are trying to do these things for are the ones that now come back to um, fight you and attack you and criticize and all of that. You know, how, I'm just wondering, how how does all of that feel? Well, um, to be very honest, we get that, but I think we focus on the larger percentage that keep encouraging us. Saying, you know, you guys are doing very well. We see what you are doing. Like, this is so, I don't, for me, for me and my team member, I don't think it really, really affected us that much because we're getting accolades and we had more positive responses. So we just focused on, on that. We get. Ah. All right. So, yeah, um, would you like to help with the next question? Okay. Sorry, just to add to what Marvelo yes, said. Yes, because... Okay. Okay. Let me let me just. Yes. Yeah. Concerning the challenges. You know, when Marvelous was speaking, he said the uh, greatest challenge of distance. In my mind, I say, huh, the Marvelous that is saying this. Because he can record the number of times he borrowed money. <laughs> he borrowed money and, you know, he's unable to pay back. A lot of things. It was, imagine I said, oh, finance was number one. Finance was definitely number one. There were a lot of things we are supposed to do, a lot of things, you know. When we started, we sat down to talk about the things we are supposed to do for the North side. And then most of those things, we were not able to do them because of finance. You know, even the convention in Seoul, the truth is that the convention was not exactly as planned. Some of our activities, like the dinner and the picnic, and some other things, they, those venues we used were not the plan. They are not what we planned for the dinner and the picnic. But, you know, because of financial restrictions, we had to go low for what we were able to afford. Even when we traveled to Ghana, so, like, I we were coming ah. back, we were making plans to come back. <laughs> that one is story for another day. Forget <laughs> <laughs> about the pictures we are seeing everywhere. We are broke. <laughs> 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 this is expensive. <laughs> But then you can't, you can't go into details to talk about what money did to us in this process. Then when we were going to Abuja from our, uh, for our courtesy visit to Amsterdam and Cancer, I was, you know, I was in worry then. I, I had no transport money. I was, that morning, I could remember, I was in the 
company, the transport company I was supposed to go with. There was no money. I was hoping that I would get money that money. At the end of the day, the money did not come. It was marvelous that borrowed me money to go to Africa, which I, I don't know if I paid. It's not true. I paid. So guys, it was, it was a whole lot. Then challenges wow. from students too. Because just like Uba said, most of the time we spent and then when we come out, it feels like we are shining, we are enjoying it. And then you still see people that will come to your DM to tell you that you guys are not getting this one right. Not even in the polite way. You know, trying to counter the whole things we have been doing, the whole discouragement. They are equally there. But then, I, I would say that this government was a big room for learning. Like, we learned a lot. Personally, I learned patience because mm-hmm. it was, at, at some point, it got mm-hmm. to our necks. Inside, our, inside ourselves, we probably had our own um, issues too. We had so many issues to resolve. So many, many a times we had issues. We call our senior colleagues to help us. So it was so much. There was so much challenges, but good, good things that we were able to overcome them, and then we put through at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. yeah. My sorry God. to add to that. <laughs> sorry to add to that. Um, uh, where Genetrix and Marvelous talked about, you know, the challenge of handling students. Uh, so I think they are being diplomatic on call because yes, diplomacy is an important part of leadership. Um, you have to be patient with complaints and all that. But me personally, I'll have to say it. Sometimes you need to have the ability to change it for people before this diplomacy. And it's really important because <laughs> because um, sometimes when people lay complaints, you are trying to do the possible best you can, but um. When you are overly too soft about your approach, people would continually, you know, make that same, uh, uh, that same basin of continually emphasizing, re-emphasizing that particular point. So sometimes you actually have to uh, stand your ground and make it clear to them that you are doing the possible best you can. And if they think you are not doing well enough, probably you could assign responsibility to them and they would do, and they should try to do better. So sometimes when you actually take that approach, even they may seem extreme, they would actually have to actually come down from their own end and wait for you to do the best you can. So uh, sometimes, yeah. as much as diplomacy is really important in leadership, sometimes you actually have to be a bit stronger yeah. to, to handle it. When you're, when you're saying this, what comes to mind is um, there's this quote by um, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Roosevelt. I think he was one, he was, the pres- he was president of, um, of um, the US at some point about, uh, I think the title of the quote is The Man in the Arena. And the idea there is basically what you just said. That it doesn't really matter who it, what matters is the person in the arena, right? Because people outside the arena are going to say a lot of things, but they're not there, they're not involved in what you're actually going through. And it's a case of okay, if you were if you were the one in my shoes, what would you do differently? You know, and then when you throw that because I've I've used it a lot in many of my own conversations in my own leadership position, and you know, somebody's attacking me for something, I'm like, okay, calm down first. If you were in my shoes, you know. What would you do? And when people come to me with oh, problems, this is what I'm going through. I always throw it back to them. Go and think of a solution. So nobody's yeah. going to come and add to my own problems. So if you are thinking of a problem, you also you also be thinking of what to do it's about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, but really, uh, I don't I don't know. I, I think I should just personally say uh, thank you for all the sacrifices that you've made. You know, as a student myself, and knowing and understanding how we can be like. So thank you on behalf of myself. We have some other on the other side because I can cannot say thank you on behalf of everybody. 
right. So because of the importance of this conversation, the importance to document the story of this um, last Nyonsa administration, this conversation was a very lengthy one. And we decided to split it into two. This episode is the first part of the conversation and it will be continued in the next episode. So for now, we'll pause here and we'll say goodbye for now. Well, remember to follow us on all social media platforms. Remember that if you have any suggestions or ideas that you'd like to share, reach out to our email, medlabconvolabcast at gmail.com. Bye for now.